Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. This episode, I hang out with Steven from The Brubecue. Not only are these guys doing really cool stuff to give back to the community by making badass barbecue, but they're also making badass barbecue. <laughs> so we hang out, we hang out at uh, Irene's Tap Room. They had an event there, they had a fundraiser um, at Irene's Tap Room. So uh, Steven and I have been working on this for quite a while to uh, sit down and talk about what they're doing. If you recall, if you listen to, I can't remember which one, but it was one of the Helton Beer Schools. Uh, Stephen was on that episode. So we sit down. Um, his man, Rick, uh, the, the one of the other owners of the barbecue, was outside manning the smoker uh, while Stephen and I uh, hung out and, and got to hear this awesome story about what they're doing here with the barbecue. So support these guys. Uh, follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the barbecue. That's T-H-E-B-R-E-W. B-E-C-U-E, or go to their website at thebrewbecue.org. So, barbecue and beer, I mean, honestly, can you really beat that? Yeah, I don't think so. So, let's tap into the brewbecue. So, we got, you know what the music is right now? I have no idea. Me neither. But we're here. Finally. Finally. Finally, Steve. It's only, it's only been a half a year. Has it been a half a year? <laughs> it has Seems been. like it's been longer than that, right? <laughs> Actually, it's been since uh, beer school, I think. Beer school. I can't remember. Beer school four, maybe? Four. Either way. Yeah. Either way, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited to get you on the podcast. So let's, let's start off with a quick introduction. Who are you and uh, what, the, what the hell are we doing here today? Uh, so I'm Steven. I'm one of the owners and pitmasters at uh, the Brubecube. We're kind of a new concept as far as the way the restaurants run in this state, um, and we've decided to do that through barbecue. Ah, dude. And, and the back of your shirt? The- so the back of my shirt, <laughs> yeah. So um, the shirt that I'm wearing is one of the shirts that we've made. Uh, they're available on Amazon. Uh, you just search the barbecue on Amazon, you'll find them. Okay. Uh, so the back of this shirt has a stencil of uh, Anthony Bourdain, and one of my favorite quotes from him was... Uh, Barbecue may not be the road to world peace, but it's a start. Yeah, <laughs> right. It really is, right? We, we have had such an amazing reaction to, you know, you, it, to just the idea of what we're doing. I mean, you, you, barbecue is one thing, but smokehouse is another. Yeah. Um, so why is that? Like, what I do think, you mean? well, so when you, we meet new people all the time because of the way that we work right now. We do a lot of, of special events places, you know, like tonight here at Irene's or the last Halton Barn Bash. Or, you know, we were the first pick for uh, Merchant at Southwest Cider Fest this year. Okay. And we meet so many amazing people doing these events. When you tell somebody that off the street that you meet, that, yeah, we, you know, we're, we're starting a restaurant. You kind of have this nonchalant, oh, that's nice. Good for you. Yeah. And then as soon as you say smokehouse, you have their undivided attention <laughs> for the next 10 minutes while they ask you, you know, what kind of meat do you smoke? Like, how long are you smoking it for? Yeah. Uh, you know, what kind of wood do you use? What kind of smoker do you have? The idea of what comes from barbecue, the barbecue itself has always been a community thing. That's the, the, the idea of barbecue in the first place. I mean, you dig a, a hole in the ground, you fill it with coal, and you dump a pig into it. Yeah. You know, and it was a family thing. It was never meant for a one-person idea. And I've, we found that, you know, with what we're doing, 
it really does bring more of a community idea to it. And it, it's, it, you're instantly friends if you, if you like barbecue. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, you I can't mean, be like, ah, oh, screw you, dude. <laughs> well, it's one of those like, oh, yeah, I like Italian food, too. That's great. Right. You know, but the minute you're like, oh, no, barbecue, oh, barbecue, let's talk barbecue. Yeah. You know, I've tried to barbecue before, and it just, the stories happen. Um, one of the great things, you know, that's happened here today is we've met some incredible people just walking up to us. They, the, you know, the, the, the smoke coming out of the stack is the advertisement. Absolutely, yeah. There was a gentleman that came up to us at about 6.30 this morning. The bus stop is about a block down the road, and he got off the bus and smelled it <laughs> and got on his bicycle and rode out here and just had to sit and talk with me for 45 minutes about our barbecue. And uh, yeah. um, it, it has a sense of community that I've not seen with other types of restaurants. Yeah, I agree. And that's something that we're taking forward with the restaurant when we finally do get our brick and mortar up and running. We've talked about everything down to what kind of seating do we want in our restaurant. Like, and one of the ideas has come back to let's do what Cidercore is doing, where rather than having independent four tops and five tops and whatever, yeah. picnic tables. Yeah. Um, there's a, a couple of restaurants in the Valley that do that. Cornish Pasty does it as well. Yep. You yep. know, where you might be sharing a table with people that you don't know. Well, you'll know them in about ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good way to. In, in the way you described it, um, as far as like, oh yeah, we're opening a restaurant. Oh, we're opening a smokehouse. Then that opens up the door. In the same way that craft beer does, absolutely right. Like it's absolutely. It's like almost like, and I, I don't want to make this comparison to, to minimize barbecue. It's like barbecue is the craft beer of the of the culinary world. Sure, of. it's yeah. it's. it's and, I, and by no means does that discount other culinary arts either. I mean, sure. there's, I, I know tons of chefs that are amazing at what they do. Um, but it's all small batch. Like yeah. barbecued, even when you look at, at the big dogs, like, you know, in, in Phoenix, big dogs, um, the one thing that you can't do with barbecue, with what we do with a smokehouse, is come in late and I say, oh, yeah, no worries, man. I'll just throw a brisket on for you real quick. Yeah, yeah. Come back tomorrow when it's ready. It's, <laughs> right, there, there exactly. is no, there is no quick and easy way of doing what we do. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, with the with the type of smoker that we run, we you know, the, the traditional offset, live fire smoker. Yeah, it's not a set it and forget it kind of thing. So there's there's a craft involved in what you're doing. Sure. To maintain your temperature and maintain your convection and maintain you know, there's all sorts of things that you have to take into account while you're doing it. That make barbecue, like you said, very much like the craft beer scene, where it's yeah. every little thing you do will affect the, the final product, and yeah. there is no mass production of it. And you know, it, what, so when um, when we're getting everything set up here, I'm like, you want to do it inside, you know, inside Irene's tap room? Should we do it out here? And you, we got to drink beer, right? right. So we have absolutely, to be, <laughs> absolutely. So we got to be inside. <laughs> but what was what kind of triggered in my mind was. Um, I almost feel like barbecue is a set it and forget it because I take the easy way out, right? Sure. I, I've got like one of those, you know, I got a Traeger, love it, but I just put it in there, dude, and just, you right. know, check and it. I, and absolutely, yeah. you know, if yeah. you're, if, if I, I feel like it's one of those ideas of there's always going to be that happy medium of how much time you're willing to put into what you want to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, TV dinners wouldn't be a thing. Right. <laughs> right um, exactly. But, and uh, 
for me, I've never really... My wife, when we first started getting into the smoking thing, when I first started learning how to be a pit master, she was very into the Traeger idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then when I, when I showed her what an offset smoker can do and the difference in the flavor profiles that you get from a live fire smoker from a pellet grill. Yeah. Um, now she has no desire to own a Traeger. <laughs> right. Like, I'm so glad you talked me out. Then again, I'm the guy that has to get up at 3 in the morning to start the offset smoker. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she gets to sleep until 9 or 10 o'clock. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you showed me that, though. You showed me that out there, right? Yeah. Like, the difference between because I... Absolutely. Because I like the smell of a Traeger because that's what... That's my only comparison in my backyard, right? right? Sure. But when I, I'm side by side with the pellet out there compared to the, what is it, Arizona White Oak, you said? It is. Not even close. It is. Like it's not even close, dude. But, yeah. you know, for, for, the, for the casual guy that, or, or girl that wants to smoke some meat at home but doesn't really feel like sitting out and babysitting yeah. a smoker for 12 hours, yep. absolutely. Get yourself a trigger. Yep. Um, you know, and there's other options as well that you can get different types of smoke and different flavor profiles from various different. You have the Komodo grills, the Komodo smokers. Um, those will also create a different kind of smoke and a different kind of flavor profile. And where you are using live chips, yeah. So, one of the things on on that note that we've actually been talking to um, Brian Helton about, yeah. So. Brian has been absolutely instrumental in getting us to where we are today. He, he doesn't like taking a lot of credit for it, but he was the push that we needed to get out the door. Yeah. Um, and we've actually talked about, at some point in the near future, holding a barbecue school at Helton. Ooh, nice, man. So, I like that. Uh, starting with like a barbecue 101 where we simplify things. Let's we've, We own, at the barbecue, I mean, we own practically one of every kind of smoker that you're going to find on the commercial market from... Okay. Uh, from a $300 offset that you buy at Home Depot, little char griller offset smoker, yeah. to Komodo egg smokers, to the electric pellet grill smokers. Like, we have pretty much, we've got vertical smokers. We've got all sorts of stuff. Okay. What you were describing with, you know, the smell that you get from this, what we're using outside, our, our pellet grill is made by Louisiana. Okay. It's Louisiana grills, and it's a, it's a fantastic unit. Um, but yes, it is a very different flavor profile that you get out of those. Right. So we use ours primarily for our vegan options and we're yeah. one of the few smoke houses in the Valley. And I don't, honestly, I can't really think of many that vegan is anything other than the salad. Okay. But, um, we actually are working towards having a full vegan menu that we can, uh, that we can provide for customers because we have friends that are on all sides of that vegan spectrum, yeah. the, the, the moral vegan, or the health conscious vegan, or, you know, there's various reasons why people, or the religious vegan. Okay. You know, there's various reasons why people choose that lifestyle. Yeah. The difficulty that we found just with our own friends is getting able to go, being able to go someplace like Little Miss. Yeah. As a group. So. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We want, we want, we want to be that place where, again, it's community, where everybody can come here. Everybody can find something that they will enjoy. Yeah. And it's something worth writing home about. Yeah. Yeah. So with that was a bit of a tangent, but uh, the barbecue school idea was to be able to sit down and explain to people, you know, here are the different kinds of smokers that that you that are available for you. Yeah. Um, everything from your char griller offset smoker to what we have outside right now, which we affectionately refer to as Big Geek, which Big is Geek, a yeah. <laughs> it's converted 250 gallon propane tank. 
Is that what that is? It okay, is. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that tank was actually manufactured in 1973. Um, and I have a buddy that works for a propane company in Flagstaff that managed to get that for us. Ah, oh, dude, that's badass. Um, so they all have pros and cons. Yeah. There's no such thing as a perfect smoker. You're either babysitting it. At that point, it's just various states of how babysitting are you. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not much of a babysitter. I've got sure. two kids, so I'm like, you right. Know, uh, my wife I'll and I have them. four. Ah, oh, shit, so. dude. What? What the hell were you thinking, Steven? <laughs> Come on, man. She's she's hot. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, so okay, so let's let's kind of backtrack a little bit, right? Because it, it kind of like with beer, because I talked to a lot of people about the you know open up breweries and things like that, and you always kind of. Ah, look at this girl. Oh, I know. Oh, man. Stephanie she coming in here with some awesomeness. carrying this keg. Hey, you brought me some more of no, this. No, yeah, you want to say hi? Yeah. Come on up. Introduce yourself. Hi, this is Stephanie from Don't Cry Ever Spill Tea Podcast. Speak up. With Papa Podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. She's uh, like hauling this keg in. Uh, let's backtrack a little bit because yeah. with brewing, we always talk about, okay, yeah, I was a home brewer and blah, blah, blah. How did you, where did the seed of barbecue start for you? With my dad. Okay. Um, my dad was a barbecue guy. Um, all truth be told, not a very good one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but even even learning from, even, you know, starting out learning from an amateur, you still learn the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so my wife and I have always kind of been culinary nerds. Okay. And in what aspect? Like for just going out to eat or uh, wanting to make shit your own? Oh, no, no. I, I had a choice when I was younger whether I wanted to go to tech school or culinary school. Uh, okay. I chose tech school because I didn't want to make $8 an hour come with a $60,000 student loan. Uh. <laughs> so, um, but that didn't stop me from pursuing. Uh, it, it became one of those things where tech was what made my paycheck. They're, they're the what paid my rent. Okay. But culinary was my passion. So I've always been uh, an at-home chef. I've always had chef friends. Okay. Um, which, you know, take, take that for what it is. Um, when I decided that we wanted to start doing barbecue, it wasn't actually very long ago. It was a few years, maybe three, four years ago. Okay. Um, like take it to the next level. Right. Or, uh, you, the mean, wife, or you mean just like stepping just, up the barbecue game at home? As a matter as, I, at home, like okay. like actually buying my first smoker. Oh, gotcha. Okay, um, hobby hobby wise, hobby wise. Okay, and, and yeah. it was it was this quick moment of uh, we were at Home Depot. The wife and I were at Home Depot. We decided we wanted to buy a new grill, and we were talking about just a backyard propane barbecue grill. Okay, because um, truth be told, mine's a little dated. And yeah. they've got new pretty ones. Yeah. <clears throat> right, right. So that was the idea. <laughs> yeah. And then as we were sitting there looking over all the grills, we found this offset smoker. Yeah. And it was one of those, you know what? Our grill still works. Let's do one of these. And let's see if I can master this thing. When you say offset smoker, so I, 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 I have an idea of what it is. But basically it's just you have that box on the side Right. right, so you've got a cooking chamber and an offset firebox. So there's so two, two kind of. There's okay. two chambers. Okay. So you've got your main chamber that all of your proteins go in, all of your all of your food goes in the main cooking chamber. Okay. The offset side is that you have a separate chamber that's usually recessed. 
at least halfway below. Drop down it's below. Drop the, down. Yeah. So that what you're doing is you're actually creating uh, an air convection through your main cooking chamber. Okay. So I used this Home Depot bought smoker for a long time. Um, deciding to step up to giant smoker. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea at the time how much science actually goes into building one of these things. Uh, okay. um, there's a math equation for everything, yeah. and <laughs> I'm very glad that I'm a nerd. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're talking at this point, when you start getting into what these things actually do, you're talking about thermodynamics, and it's, it, okay. it's, the, it's the way that the heat draws through the cook chambers, the way you create the convection that goes through it. You have an air circulation that you have to maintain. Um, because of the distance that you're drawing, you end up with heat zones where some areas are warmer or colder than others. And it can um, vary from... And it can absolutely vary from, from every smoker. Every brand of smoker is going to be a little different. Yeah. Um, so the design that I went with for our smoker was actually borrowed from Aaron Franklin. Texas so, Barbecue. Te- absolutely. Texas yeah. Barbecue. Which you gave me shit. <clears throat> I, I gave you shit for not going there. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I went to Austin about a month ago, <laughs> and I was, you know, documenting my journey. Right. And I didn't even know that you were paying attention to that. You, like, you I'm watching all bitch. of this come up on my Facebook page. <laughs> like, man, if I don't see Franklin come up in this feed at some point, I'm going to be super disappointed. And all of a sudden, he was all, I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> that Dude. son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude. Dude. Taking notes right there. Are you out of here? You want to say bye? Give a shout out. Give a shout out to the podcast. All right. So this is Stephanie from uh, from Don't, uh, Don't Cry Over Spilt Tea. Shout out to our podcast. We finished today. The finale is up. Nice. Season one is over, and we'll be back with season two. Just go find her. Don't cry over spilt tea. Don't cry. Stephanie is part of the great team at Helton. You guys rock. You rock. That's true. You too. We were talking about just the differences, right? The differences in all like what all the the sure. grills can. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is that. You could find an offset smoker by brand A and an offset smoker by brand B, and they're going to act differently. Yeah. It's, it's a piece of equipment, and anytime you buy a piece of equipment, whether it's uh, you know, these microphones or you know, your fun toy, you know, this, this new toy that the you've recorder. got. Uh, yeah, this, little, this new Zoom ever. that you've got going on here. <laughs> yeah. um, you, know, you could buy an Alesis that does the same thing, but it's going to work a little differently. Right. And you're going to have right. to relearn how to make that work. Yeah. It's no different than when you're switching up from one style of smoker or one style of grill to another. It's, right. You have to relearn its isms. Okay. Gotcha. <clears throat> so so you decide to start doing this shit at home. Yep. Um, but then the idea that you... I remember when Brian introduced us, like, because Brian was like, dude, you got to meet Steven. And I, he told you the same thing. Like, Steven, you got to meet Eric, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah. Brian okay. introduced us as one of the beer schools. Yeah. Um, and he was like, you got to meet, you got to meet Steven. Steven, hey, you got to meet Eric. Um, so, the concept of barbecue mm-hmm. is not just um, what really blew me away. It wasn't just a matter of, hey, uh, we want to open up a restaurant. We want to open up a smokehouse. There's, right. m- there's much more depth to it. So, there is. So, what mm-hmm. took it from. From home barbecue to, to what you're what you're wanting to do with this. So the evolution of what we're doing started off with you know again you know like I was saying before that the wife and I have always been kind of culinary nerds. Yeah. And we decided that we one of our dreams has been has always been to open a restaurant. Then the idea of opening a 
a Michelin style restaurant with the high stress kitchen and all of that just really wasn't our bag. Okay. I'm I am way too zen for that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we start, we started looking at barbecue and it because it barbecue is one of those things where you know uh, our other business partner Rick said, Rick said it earlier is I can't barbecue if I'm not drinking beer at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, is, just, it is an like, essential it, thing. They yeah. are they got they go hand in hand. Yeah. And so we decided that we wanted to open a barbecue restaurant, but the difference between then and now our original concept was just a standard run-of-the-mill, like you were saying. We're just opening a restaurant. Right. So on one of those beer and barbecue nights, <laughs> uh, more than likely after way more beer than I'd admit to, <laughs> uh, a buddy of mine and I were talking about... Uh, I, I have a friend that's in a very unique scenario with the system. Okay. So he's bounced around homeless shelters and this, that, and the other. And we were having a conversation about him. And uh, we decided we wanted to look up some numbers. Thank you. And the numbers that we found really bothered me. Um, the ones that I can remember offhand, uh, 15.1% is the number that the Census Bureau, the Federal Census Bureau, has given Arizona that lives, that Arizona residents that live below the federal poverty line. Okay. That comes out to just over a million people in this state. Shit. Yeah. And then when you look a little deeper into it, you find out that what Arizona considers poverty line is 150% of federal poverty limit, which bumps that number up much higher. Okay, okay. Oh, shit. So looking at what we were doing with the smokehouse, it came down to a matter of, look, you know, smokehouses have much better profit margins than most other restaurants do because what you're paying for is the pit master's time to cook it, okay. not the cost of the product. Okay. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Buying a filet mignon, you know, when you're when you're buying filet mignons, it's very rare that the restaurant's actually butchering the filets themselves. Okay. They're buying them pre-cut. Okay. Yeah. So you've got, you know, your, your $6 filet mignon that you got from, or that's even act really, really cheap, but let's say you got a $6 filet mignon that you bought from Restaurant Depot. Now you have to pay your cook that's cooking it. You have to pay your your all your utilities and blah, 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 blah. By the time you're done, you've got a $25 filet mignon that's only a 7-ounce steak. Okay, yeah. And you get like an 8 to 12% profit margin on that. <coughs> we don't have that problem in the smokehouse world because it's... Most smokehouse meats, take brisket, for example, mm-hmm. until recently, and I say recently in the last... 40, 50 years, uh, the brisket was considered a cheap cut of meat that wasn't even used. Oftentimes, it was just ground in with a chuck. Interesting. Um, we actually had a very interesting conversation with a group of Canadians. Uh, we catered a wedding a couple of weeks back, and um, they happened to own a ranch, and they, they have their own slaughterhouse, and they had never in their life actually eaten brisket. Really? Because it's considered a low low end cut of meat that not just, the way we when we hear brisket here absolutely like, Shit, dude. absolutely yeah. and so when we realized that look you know we we could have this restaurant that has all this extra profit on it and we could have this million dollar building and we could you know our multi-million dollar building and you know this that and the other or we can do something do right by other people yeah yeah and so we took our inspiration from 
uh, a company from the Midwest. I lived in Minneapolis for, for a few years, for like four years. And there's a brewery in Minneapolis called Finnegan's Beer. Okay. And Finnegan happens to be a nonprofit brewery. So <clears throat> I wanted, I've, I've always kind of admired what they were doing. Yeah. They pay all their employees. Everybody is happy. You know, as, as people, they, they do what they do and they enjoy doing what they do. And at the end of the day, they, they donate a ton of money back to the state of Minnesota. Okay. No, no, not necessarily to the state. Let me rephrase that. They donate it to other nonprofits. Okay. Okay. So we decided to start using them as a model for what we wanted to do. That proved very difficult. <laughs> I like the dramatic pause. <laughs> so, um, when what do you why? Like what? Like the IRS doesn't like nonprofits. Really? Um, we're a pain in the ass to with tax laws, and so the BrewBQ itself. When we originally we our our concept was well, look, you know, it's we're. You know, we are a we're a smokehouse. Sure, we're a restaurant. I get that. So every day for us is a fundraiser, and that's just the way we wanted to run it. Was yeah. we're a five hundred one c three. We're a nonprofit. We contribute back to the community. You know, this, that, and the other. We're, we're attacking the hunger problem in Arizona. And every day that we run, we just see as a fundraiser, no differently than the Girl Scouts sitting out in front of fries selling cookies. Okay. Yeah. IRS says no. That's called unrelated business income, and we will tax you for it. Ah, dude! Like it just seems like a total contradiction in like. So yeah, we we met some really wonderful people that work for ASU, uh, some CPAs that do a lot of nonprofit work for free. Yeah, and uh, after having all these conversations and them agreeing that no, that's the way the IRS runs. You can't run a restaurant and be a nonprofit. Yeah, <clears throat> I pointed them at Finnegan's. Yeah. And I said, well, then let's figure out how they're doing it. Yeah. Because however they're doing it is how we want to run. Because their business model is fantastic. So she looked into it and she came back to us and uh, she said, oh, you know what they're doing is uh, they formed a benefit corporation. They have the Finnegan's Community Fund, which is their 501c3. But then they have their brewery itself, which is actually a benefit corp. And they donate their profits to the Finnegan Community Fund 501. That fund then divvies it out. The benefit corporation is only recognized in so many states. I want to say it's 32 or 36 okay. that recognize the benefit corporation. It puts us in the same ballpark as a 501. Whereas the state of Arizona does not see us as taxable. Okay. And at the end of the year, because we've donated all of our profits, the IRS has nothing to tax us on anyway. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because we have nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. Our employees got paid. Our food costs got handled. Our our operating costs got handled. But at the end of the day, we ended the year at zero. Yeah. We broke even. Yeah. So interesting. we're still non-taxable. Yeah. But... If there's something that comes up for the restaurant that we need, if we decide that we need to build a new smoker, well, that's a business expense. Mm -hmm. If we have to make an upgrade to the building, well, that's a business expense. What you get taxed on is everything after that, what you have sitting in the coffers at the end of the year. Well, what good does that do us anyway? Yeah. 
It's stagnant money that's just sitting there. Yeah. But what could a school do with that money? Mm. Yeah. You know, what? There's, uh, we met a, a, a lady out here this morning, um, one, of the other people, one of the other fantastic people that we met today, is a teacher at a nonprofit music school. They enrolled 500 kids this year. So what could a school like that do with just an extra $1,000? Yeah. How many violins is that going to buy for students? Right, right. So we could let that money sit in our bank account and stagnate. Yeah. Or we can go to bed at night feeling that we did some good. Right, right. Well, and I think that comes down to um, kind of going back to the to your to your friend who has been through the system, right? And sure. and and that was one of the first things you talked to me about was like this this problem with with homelessness and poverty in this in this state and absolutely how you guys can get involved with that. And you you had mentioned too about um, I don't know the word it, it, food kitchens or like the soup kitchens. Soup so, kitchens. Yeah. yeah so yeah. St. Vincent de Paul, for yes, example. Yes. Uh, so this Thanksgiving, so we did Southwest Cider Fest, and you know, shout out to the guys at Cider Core. It was a fantastic event. Um, we donated all of our profits in that event to uh, Operation Homefront. Okay. Um, so at that event, we also had a very limited run. I we only sold four, but we sold Thanksgiving turkeys. Uh, okay. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, we we were looking online about at how much it costs to buy a smoked turkey, like a, a barbecue smoked turkey, and they were ridiculous. Like finished, like finished like done. Finished, yeah, like yeah. here's your fan, here's your turkey. Go eat it. Yeah, and they were ridiculous. Um, seventy, eighty dollars for a turkey. Oh, damn. And it's one of those. You're kidding me, right? These things cost like eight dollars. <laughs> right. It's yeah. Thanksgiving. They're selling them for like ten cents a pound. Just yeah. Like that's not. I can't. I can't morally charge somebody that much yeah. for a bird. Right. <laughs> I get that it took me seven hours to smoke it. Sure. So I'll tell you what. We'll sell them for 40 and we're only going to sell four of them, and we're going to take all of that profit, and we're going to buy eight more turkeys. And those eight turkeys got donated to St. Vincent de Paul. Ah, nice. And then we still had money left over from them. Yeah. So on December 16th, uh, we partnered up with uh, Cider Core, uh, Chef Tammy from Cotton and Copper. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Poor Joe. Okay, the coffee, the coffee, coffee, the coffee truck. truck. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and U.S. Vets, and all of us donated our time and materials, and we catered for uh, a homeless veterans Christmas dinner. Ah, oh, nice man. So we yeah. smoked four turkeys. And brought those into Cider Cidercore donated the venue. Yeah. So U.S. vets brought in 20 of their veterans from their homeless shelter. Um, and poor Joe was giving out free coffee all night. Uh, Chef Tammy made uh, these incredible buttermilk lemon pies. I could just imagine. Oh, they were phenomenal. <laughs> um, and we just hung out at Cidercore for a couple of hours and broke bread with vets. Yeah. And talked and fed them. And it was one of those, you know, they were <clears throat> they were very humble about a lot of things. Like, is it okay if I go get more? And it's like, guys, this is for you. Yeah. Like, you eat until you can't eat anymore. Like, yeah. that's why we made four turkeys. Right. Um, so one of you guys are going to kill four turkeys for us. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, and they ended up taking a bunch of it back home with them and nice. whatnot. 
to start a new train of thought on it then, um, one of the things that we found in doing what we're doing, we have made so many amazing connections with so many amazing people. And it's not just because we're a barbecue shop. Mm-hmm. It's because of what we're doing. Yeah. You know, tonight at Irene's, like all of our profits, we've actually agreed uh, that none of us at the barbecue are even getting paid for tonight. Okay. Yeah. So we bought the materials, we're smoking everything, and then all of the pro- all the profits are going to Sean. Yeah. So, the, which is what the benefits for? Which is right? what the benefit tonight is yeah. for? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Bonnie is is donating a dollar from each pint going out there, and then we're donating all of our profits to it. The the uh, Brewers Guild has helped out a lot with you know hooking us up with their five hundred one and creating a fund for it and all of nice. that, so we can help take care of somebody. Yeah. And that's what that's what this company is for. Yeah. Well, dude, and and it's it's that perfect match for um, craft beer here in Arizona. Right, because that's what this this community and I, and and, and absolutely, I, I'm not it, saying in comparison. No, 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 because I don't no, know it, much and, about the culinary, but 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 that's something that you and I had actually talked about in the beginning. Is that is yeah. one of the things that we're doing with the with the barbecue is back to that whole sense of community. Yeah, and I, I really started kind of feeling it a lot more, getting to know <clears throat> a lot of the brewers here in the valley. That you know, thanks to Brian Helton, I've gotten to know. Yeah. Um, and how much even the brewers in the valley talk to each other and collaborate on things. And it's one of those, dude, I get that you brew beer and I brew beer, but we're not really competitors. I mean, we are, but we're not. Right. We're yeah. competitors, but we're friendly competitors. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we decided very early on with the BrewBQ is that every beer that we have on tap, when we finally get our brick and mortar open. So if there's any investors out there listening, uh, we need a brick and mortar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, when we finally get our brick and mortar open, every beer we have on tap must be an independently owned and operated Arizona brewery. Okay. Yeah. And we, we're going to celebrate people that want to move past that. Yeah. You know, so for right now, let's take Santan Brewery. They're still independently owned. They're a big guy here in the Valley. Sure. And they may not be independently owned for much longer. Right. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. If that was your goal, you achieved it. Yeah. And what we'll do is, you know, we'll, we'll make a big deal of it. We'll get their head brewer down, and we will only order enough beer to last for a few hours that night. Yeah. So that we run out early. Okay. And that's when we get to have the big to-do where their brewer comes behind the bar and unscrews their tap handle off of our taps and hangs it on the wall. That's cool, man. Congratulations. That's awesome. You made it to the big time. We, we're yeah. not gonna we're not gonna carry you in our in, in the barbecue anymore, right? Because you're no longer independently operated. But right, we're still gonna high five you for your success show that respect and show absolutely that, yeah you earned it you not yeah there's there's tons of brewers here in the valley that all they want to be is local yeah. and i applaud that sure just as much as i applaud the guy that got into the brewery with the idea that i'm going to make something awesome so that someday i can get bought out by fill in the blank yeah and not have to work again yeah <clears throat> that's a good point man that, that's a really good point that's almost like saying um, I'm going to start playing baseball in seventh grade so I can make it to the major leagues. You know right. what, dude? If you make it to the major if leagues, you make it, dude. Great. <laughs> Hell yeah! But there's people. But yeah. there's people that are that that started playing baseball in their you know in seventh grade that still play baseball today in their 40s and 50s and love because it. they just enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yep. I can. You know, I, I look at this a little differently coming from the software background. There are people that 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 create startups for software 
just in the hopes to get the attention of a big company like Google or Amazon or whoever yeah. that's going to swoop in and buy them when they have a good enough product. Yeah. And now you're set for life and you don't have to work anymore and you can right. go start something else that's fun. Yep. Every industry in the world has that person. They sure. have that group that just want their, their idea is to get bought by somebody. Their idea is that they want to become big league. And I don't see anything wrong with that. <clears throat> um, I haven't really seen that much in the barbecue world, but right. <laughs> you know, it's, barbecue is typically small shop. Okay. Um, yeah. But you look at actually, you can look at places like uh, Rudy's and Dickies and Famous Dave's, okay. where they didn't start as chains. Yeah, they started as a small shop and got big and decided to branch out. Congratulations, dude! You made it big time. Right. You've got restaurants in in thirty five of the fifty states. Yeah. And you're making a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah. High five. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a big fan of a lot of these guys' quality because it's very cookie cutter. Okay. And there's no passion in it. Sure. Once it gets to that point, right? Sure. Yeah. Um. You know, but you just came back from Austin. These guys pump out a ton of barbecue every day, but there's passion in it. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> whether it's uh, whether it's Franklin or Small Fry Austin Shop, they have the same heart in what they do. Yeah. Yep. For example, Rick and I have been here since 3 o'clock this morning. Yeah. You know, we pulled up <laughs> in this parking lot. day, man. And just to perspective-wise, it's 4 p.m. at this it point. It is. Yeah. We've been yeah. here for, for 13 hours yeah. now. <laughs> um, and we're going to be here until probably 10.30 or 11 o'clock tonight. Yeah. Because we're not just going to smoke the meat, but here in a little bit, we're going to be cutting it and serving it. Yeah. Yep. So, but the, the there is no greater satisfaction. And I, and I know that I've talked to a couple of my brewer buddies about this. The satisfaction is, you know, for them, it's sitting behind the bar and watching the look on people's faces while they drink their beer. Yeah. And for me, it's the look of satisfaction as somebody takes a bite into our brisket or, or has some of our nachos. Yeah. And that's what makes it worth it. Yeah. Well, I remember when you gave me the pork belly nachos <laughs> at uh, Hop Central, you were staring at me. <laughs> I I'm was. Like, like yeah, yeah I'm going to try them. And you're like, no, dude, you're trying them right now. <laughs> that, was, that was a rough moment for me. <laughs> It was a rough moment because that was our that was the first time that we'd actually publicly served our food. Yeah. And uh you know, we had done some some tester groups where it's we would invite friends and tell them to purposely bring people over that I don't know. Yeah. Like bring people over that don't know me. Yeah. That aren't gonna be nice to me. Have no interest and, in just pleasing me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'd even we'd even printed up all of these like little um like rating cards that we had given out to people that so it was anonymous and we didn't have to they didn't have to tell us what they felt about it that they would like color in a star and like write down what they (laughs) felt about what you know what we did well and what could be better yeah so when you and i first met like the one thing that all of these people had told me was that our nachos were off the hook yeah and so and especially the pork belly nachos and so it was when you and I had talked originally, I was super talking them up. <laughs> you were. <laughs> and, uh, I, multiple times. Multiple I times. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, so when you came down to Hop Central for that time, yeah, dude, I was nervous as hell. <laughs> because it's one of those like, man, I really hope I don't put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> like, dude, you fucking built these things up. Uh, right? here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, they, would, but execution was there, man. And I and I still appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Oh, dude. I, well, just the combination of like just the I, I'm pre, I, if I recall correctly, you had the round tortilla chips, yep. the round yellow, 
tortilla chip, right? Still do. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And the pork belly nachos and that and that orange nacho the, cheese. Sauce. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> carnival cheese. Yeah. 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 So we that's something that's actually come up a few times today with some of the people that we've talked to. Um that when they ask what what goes on our nachos and I tell them nacho cheese, well what kind? Yeah. No, it's straight up carnival cheese. <laughs> we, so, you know, back to the idea that my wife and I are culinary nerds. Like, so my wife, Lindsay, actually works with Chef Tammy at Cotton and Copper. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So for our mac and cheese, like, that's why she's not with us right now. Because she's actually at the kitchen making our mac and cheese right now. Okay. We do the bacamel. We we do our handmade sauce, you know, our handmade cheese sauce. And it has to be super stretchy. And, like, there's all these parameters for it. We tried that with our with our nachos, yeah. and it's just not the same. Yeah. Like nachos are stadium food. That's what they started at. That's what they were born as was stadium food. Yeah, and they need that stadium nacho cheese to be nachos. I agree, man. So, I agree. yeah, it's it, corn tortillas, straight up nacho cheese, like carnival out of the can nacho cheese, yeah. <laughs> uh, smoked caramelized pork belly. Uh, fresh homemade corn salsa, homemade guacamole, yeah. not homemade sour cream, uh, because that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, one of the things that we do with our nachos that makes it a little different is that we actually do put barbecue sauce on our nachos. Yes. Yes. And so... But it helps that it's badass I bar- think, barbecue uh, sauce. As barbecue shops go, we ha- that's probably one of the most unique dishes at, that I've seen at a smokehouse is our nachos. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. In, in the in the was interesting about the uh, the pork belly. It wasn't like it's not shredded. It's not no. shredded out. It's chunks. It's cubed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we've I- actually kind of changed from that a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> it's the same quantity of pork belly on it, but now we're chopping it before we put it on the on there. Making it a little bit smaller, making it smaller I like chunks. That. I like that, and yeah. a lot of that was because you know when you you get X amount of pork belly on there, when they're one inch cubes, you look like you have like five cubes of pork belly. <laughs> right. Like, dude, seriously, that's a quarter pound of pork belly. How much bacon do you need to put in your? Uh, that's not a fair question. You need to put a lot of bacon in your face, but yeah, you know, there's only so much that we could put on this nachos and make it viable. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we started chopping it when we put it on there, but it, we've actually got a lot of really really good feedback on that because now they're getting more pork belly on each bite of nachos and they're not uh, nice. it's not just five giant bites of pork belly sure because i'm sure you probably saw people probably chopping it up they did to spread it out a yep, little bit they more. would try yeah. to cut it up a little bit and, yeah. you know because it's still bacon so yeah. you have you, there's a there's a decent chunk of fat here and there in those yep. and it's what it is yeah yeah but so little too, feedback but. <laughs> from our customers as we go through this and I think you know one of the things that uh, that I took from Aaron Franklin when I was kind of researching a lot of things, and you know, I'll, I'll get to why he became a little important to me. Actually, this is immediately why he, he became important to me. My daddy didn't own a barbecue shop. Neither did my granddad. Okay. I am not worried about offending anybody in my in my lineage by changing the way that I do barbecue. Uh, interesting. If yeah. it works better that way, I will do it that way. And Based I'm, on what you originally started with. Is right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of things in our recipes and our processes and whatnot have evolved. We've got new things on the, on the menu that weren't there before. And again, it's one of those, I'm not worried about offending anybody in my lineage. Yeah. <clears throat> but not, that's not how the family's always right. done it. Yeah. 
So that gives you it, it gives you some freedom to, sure. to to open up and experiment. And you know, granted, there's only so many ways you can cook a brisket. Sure, <laughs> but there's other things that you can do. Yeah, you know, and we've branched out into the vegan side of things. And you know, although I'm still very much a carnivore. I think that helps me with the vegan aspect because as a carnivore, if I can eat our vegan pulled pork or yeah. what we affectionately refer to as not pork, not pork. Yeah. If I can, if I can eat our not pork and be happy with it, then that's something that I, I feel good about offering to our customers. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and that's a good point too, because I feel for the most part, and eh, I'm just going to say it. I think people who uh, are vegan, who, whether it's, like you said, for moral reasons or health reasons, mm-hmm. still love the taste. The Absolutely. taste of meat is still there. So if they can eat that and say, holy shit, like, right? Right. That you can satiate that. But also for you as somebody who still eats meat and for you also to say that, both sides of it. Right. Dude, that's, and that's, yeah. and that's And that's the goal is that, yeah. you know, I feel like a lot of the culinary out there for the vegan market so your religion says that you're not allowed to eat meat. So am I going to price gouge you and punish you for that? Yeah. Or am I gonna, or am I going to go back to the beginning and say there's a way to make this taste amazing? Right. Right. My method is using a smoker. Yeah. So how can I do that? <clears throat> so we actually went out and got a completely separate smoker, and that's what we use our pellet grill for. Yep. And a lot of that's because there's only so much smoke that a lot of these vegan things can pull. So you can't you can't pull a lot of a lot of smoke with jackfruit. Okay. You can get a flavoring of it, but it's not going to pull it the way that beef does. Okay. Yeah. So I don't need to run a live fire offset smoker for 10 hours or 12 hours or whatnot to smoke jackfruit. Yeah. It doesn't take that long. But if I can get that to a point where I can feed that jackfruit sandwich to a carnivore and they say, damn, that's good. Right. Then I've succeeded. Hell yeah. And now the vegan that I give that to is going to say, damn, that's good. <laughs> right. And I have, there's no reason to price gouge them for it. And if you yeah. look at our menu on this, our, our vegan sandwich is the same cost as our carnivore sandwiches. Which normally that wouldn't be the case. Absolutely not. Right. But when, when we actually factored out the cost, our vegan option is running us the same price as we, we actually figured out that it runs runs us the same cost as brisket. Yeah. So why am I going to charge more for it? Well, that's interesting, too, is because you base it upon how much did it cost you, not how much how much can I get out of them. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been to some vegan restaurants with some vegan friends where I buy an omelet and it costs me $15. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. It's like, dude, there's it's not even there's no egg in this. It's not even a real omelet. Like, right. why, why am I paying 15 bucks for this? Yeah. So yeah. when we when we looked at this, it was more of one of those. No, no, no. Look. Yes, I get that for a vegan, a really well-made vegan pulled pork sandwich that has a vegan bun and our, we make our own vegan barbecue sauce that goes with it so you can have a full experience barbecue pulled pork sandwich. Yeah. I get that as a vegan and my vegan friends are like this where it's like, dude, I'd totally pay 15 bucks for that. Yeah. Sure. Why? <laughs> it's not worth 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Because there aren't any... There aren't very many places doing it's it. It's that scarcity kind of thing. Yeah. Supply and demand. Yeah. Yep. There's Again, a ton of there's a ton of demand. Yeah. And very few places that do it. Yeah. So they can charge whatever they want for it. Yeah. Whereas we're looking at this fairly and saying there's no reason for it. I can if, if it costs me the same as brisket, then I should be charging the same as brisket. Right. 
Right. So if I'm only charging eight bucks for a brisket sandwich, I'm going to charge eight bucks for a vegan sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And that jackfruit was fantastic, man. Thank you. And Rick was like, dude, it's not even done. I'm I know. like, I don't care. Oh, it's oh wait till it's caramelized. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You get those little burnt bits in there, uh, and it is just fantastic. Man. And he's been manning the, the operation the he whole has. time. That dude is he has. He has. With a smile. And that's what he does. And he actually, so uh, Rick is my business partner. He's been my, he's been a friend of mine for 20 years. Nice. Um, He actually quit his job at Apple to do this full time. No shit. He's the only one of the three of us that's doing this full time. Between you, Lindsay, and him. Me, Lindsay, and Rick. He's the only one full time doing the barbecue. Yeah. Um, He loves what he does. He doesn't have anxiety attacks anymore from working in the corporate world. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Um, You know, he sleeps well at night again, and he gets that happy feeling from doing good for others at the same time, you know? So he likes, he gets to laugh about, no, dude, I can't go to work without drinking beer. Are you kidding? That's not a thing. (laughs) Like, if I go to work, I'm drinking beer. (laughs) And it's like, how horrible is that? Yeah. Well, dude, and smile on his face all the time. All day. Every time I see him, he's just kind of got that. He's got that <laughs> yep. smile, man. That's, ever that's since, awesome. Ever since he started with us. Yeah. Well, so, so, but we kind of passed over. We talked about the offset smoker. We talked about the propane tank. But yeah. you guys built that whole thing yourself. We did. By hand. A By whole, hand. The whole goddamn thing. The whole trailer. Like. Yep. So, look, look at the the show notes for this or look at the post on, on the website but we're going to throw up some pictures Luke Wayne from uh, or Luke Irvine from um, Mixed Mercury Media I call him Luke Wayne it's his middle name <laughs> I feel like his dad or something <laughs> Luke Wayne uh, Mixed Mercury Media he's going to throw up some pictures um, thing is badass dude thank you it really is it's been it, it's, it, it was a <laughs> you did it yourself labor of love let's, let's, hear, <laughs> let's hear the story of that <laughs> So the story of that, again, is going to go back to Brian Hilton. <clears throat> Always goes back to Brian. It does. Dude, it that seems dude to cycle back so to Brian. Awesome. Yeah. So we were hanging out with Brian one night over at Hilton, hanging out in the back, smoking a cigarette. And um, at the time, we had, we had finished the trailer, or I'm sorry, we had finished the, building the smoker itself, and Brian had come over for a tasting. Okay. I have never physically seen anybody get the meat sweats before that night, <laughs> but it did happen, um, and it was amazing. Uh, so I really wanted to, to, you know, Brian was very interested in what we were doing, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just blowing smoke and talking shit. Okay. Um, if I'm going to tell him that I've got some of the best barbecue he's ever had, I want him to come taste it. Yeah. And so we had this night where he came over to my house and I literally put one of everything in the smoker. Okay. So I made brisket, pulled pork, pork belly, chickens, ribs, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we had this epic meal of just meat. That's all we ate. And Brian was like last man standing, and it was amazing. And he was like, he had to take that deep breath before he ate that last bite of chicken, just yeah. so he could say he tasted the chicken. Yeah. And, uh, So, fast forward a few months, we're hanging out in back of Helton, and the only thing we had built at that point, like I said, was the smoker itself. The trailer wasn't built, nothing else was done. I had the trailer, and it had like 20-year-old tires on it that were only like, like the entire tire was like 15 inches big. It was tiny little tires on it. Um. And uh, so Lindsay and I are hanging out in the back with him, and he says, oh, by the way, uh, 
this is August, mid-August, so I'll throw out a number and say August 16th. Yeah. And uh, he says, so by the way, dude, uh, end of October-ish, I'm having my, my barn bash. I was like, fantastic, dude. That sounds like a great time. He's like, yeah, you're, you're going to be serving barbecue there. <laughs> dude, I... Uh, trailer isn't anywhere near being ready and he was like well you got two months yeah and so (laughs) um i kind of had an idea of what i wanted this trailer to look like but it was nowhere near the condition that it's in so we had still the trailer this is still the same one same trailer okay yeah and that day i went back to the house and started drawing plans i started drawing up blueprints and trying to figuring out engineering schematics on things because that's the kind of nerd i am <laughs> um so the trailer is collapsible so the entire roof actually goes from eight feet tall where it's at now and it drops down to four feet tall just above the top of the smoker Nice. The walls collapse down, and it looks like an enclosed pop-up camper. Yeah. It just, the whole thing just collapses into nothing. Yeah. And it fits in my garage. Barely. But I get six inches in front of the tongue <laughs> and 12 inches behind the firebox. Uh, you got a good, yeah, you got so a good two feet. There. I could yeah, get around it if half, I need yeah. it, it, if I'm feeling skinny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the difficult thing was, you know... What I what I often say is that the, there's good things and bad things. The, the good thing is that there's nothing else out there like what we built. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm super proud of. Rick sure. and I did you know a fantastic job building this thing, and I'm very proud of what we built. The downside is that there's nothing else out there like it, which means that as we were building it, there was nothing for us to go off of. <laughs> yeah. We we didn't we had no like oh I see how he did that. That would be a cool thing to add on there. Yeah. The health board requires that we have 15 gallons of fresh water. So we've got two 15-gallon beer kegs plumbed together that feed a pump that feeds our sinks. Okay. Yeah. We have everything on this trailer that a a food truck has, but it's not a food truck. Yeah. So we've got the three-basin sink. We've got the hand-washing station. We've got prep counters. We've got the cooking surfaces. We've got storage bins. We've got everything on the the 30-gallon fresh water supply. Everything. What keeps it from being a food truck? Uh, Maricopa County. <laughs> <laughs> so one of, the, one of the qualifications for a food truck that we don't meet is, is walls and a floor. Okay. I tried joking with them, which, by the way, they do not have a sense of humor. <laughs> uh, I tried joking with them about, like, well, so if we just drive onto a tarp and then just, like, I'm on a floor. Yeah. And then drop some mosquito netting around us. Like, there's walls. Yeah. No, they didn't find it funny. No. <laughs> um, I thought it was ingenious. Hell yeah. They didn't find it funny. No. <laughs> um, so we're not allowed to be a food truck. The problem is is that right now there's nobody in Arizona that does what we do. Yeah. We, we can't go from spot to spot. We can't you know, hang out here at Irene's for an hour and then drive over to Helton for an hour Pop and then drive and over just, to yeah. Wandering Taurus for an hour and then slowly make our way from the West Valley to the East Valley. Yeah. We're a live fire offset smoker. Once we light the fire into this thing, this is where we're staying yeah. for the, at least the next 12 to 15 hours. Yeah. So right now we are kind of in a position where we have to be a special event trailer. We're allowed to be a special event. We can 
show up anywhere that wants to register a special event with the county, and then we have to pay for a special event license uh, because they're, they're also taking absolutely forever to get back to us for our annual special event permit. Okay. So, so right, each one, you got to do something. We have to pay $85 every time we go someplace. Damn. Okay. We have three events this month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so that's been a bit of a challenge. But we've, we've met some really, really great people at, the Mar- at Maricopa County Health Board um, that have been very helpful. Yeah. And when you actually have a conversation with them, they want to help you find your way through the system. They yeah. want to help you succeed. Um, there's even been conversation about creating a type four which doesn't exist right now because we don't exist with the way that we run. Nothing else in the county runs this way. Oh, uh, yeah. So there, we might be the type four. Where kind of spearhead that. To, spearhead the idea yeah. of having a fourth type of food, of food vendor yeah. where it's the show up and stay there all day food vendor, not a travel around. We're not a hot dog cart. We're not right. a coffee cart. We're right. not a food truck. We're a barbecue trailer. And they function very differently. Yeah, yeah. So, and the stuff you produce is fantastic. So, if I can vote on type four, right? <laughs> right, I'm in. We'll see if I get that on the ballot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Stephen, what what's what's the goal? Like in the next year, where where do you want Barbecue to be? In the next year, I'd like us to be in a full brick and mortar. We're still going to do events. I mean, we we spent tireless hours building Big Geek onto a trailer. We're still dragging him around places, right. <laughs> it's, whether we have a brick and mortar or not. Okay. Um, I want us to be in a position where we can provide the quality of barbecue that we brag that we have. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> be able to provide for the state the way that we know we can. Be able to provide for our employees the, know we, the way we know we can. Yep. And set a benchmark that I get that not every restaurant has the profit margins that we do. And I, I completely understand that. And everybody has their own reasons why they do the way they do. Okay. I want us to be recognized not because we, we're trying to be a big dog. We don't want to be a big dog. I, I mean, we're, eventually, yes, we'd love to have restaurants in other states. And whatnot, because every state's barbecue is going to is going to provide for the state that they live in. Sure. Yeah. We're we're happier being the supporting actor. Okay. Yeah. So, I want to help people succeed. Whether that's uh, I know that uh, Luke, for example, has been talking to me about, or he talked to me for a little while ago about. Uh, one of the things we're wanting to do is cooking classes. Right. Yeah, exactly. For, for places like St. Vincent de Paul and a bunch of other places that do food boxes so that we don't just give out somebody's food, but we teach them how to cook with it. Yeah. So yep. that we can provide for them and, and become that, that pillar that isn't just there to make money and sell people food. Yeah. One of the things that I tell people is that, you know, even though our state, your state, whoever state, may not have the money in hand to pay for what needs to be done to fix your state. The people in it do. Yeah. The, the challenge in that is finding a way to get the money from the people to the state in a way that they find fair. Okay. I can do that through barbecue. Yeah. I'm not going to solve every problem in the state, but I can at least say I'm helping. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day, that's what's really important. For sure, man. Is that I'm helping. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm in, man. <laughs> I'm in. I've been in since day one, dude. Yeah. Even before yeah. I had the pork belly. Nachos, I, know. I know. I know, and I super appreciate that. Can I get a half pour of number 19? Yeah, please. <laughs> so, yeah, and I and I super appreciate all the support that you've given us. Oh, you sure, know, Because I know that, you know, like I said, when we first started talking, man, I didn't even have, like, we didn't, we hadn't done anything yet. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it was just this really cool concept. Yeah. And then it was, dude, you got to try my pork belly because it'll floor you. Caramelized pork belly nachos. And, uh... It's funny because you're not the only one that said it. it. Before people started eating the food, when you describe it, it was, dude, stop, stop. I can only be so erect. <laughs> and then they have it. They're like, I am not fully yes, erect. Yeah. Yes, that's, 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 that. I didn't think I could be anymore, but yes, yes, I could. Oh, dude, so. well, man, I'm so glad we did this. I'm yeah, so me glad too, we, man. We got this me episode too. down. And this is just the beginning for both of it us. Is. And, it and is. Collaborations between the two of us, I definitely see that in the future. You know, and it's, and it's been a process. So as, as things progress and the process keeps going, then we can talk again and I can let you know where we're at with things. And, Absolutely, man. You know, so there's, there's a lot of changes coming. And hopefully at some point here in the very near future, we're going to come out of the gate swinging. And, you know, like one of the things that I really want to be known, I have no hate for any other barbecue shop out there. No different than the brewers that are out there. Sure. Yeah. If Chef Scott from Little Miss wants to do a collab with us, I would be super open to that. Yeah. I would love to work with the guy and share some ideas, yeah. share some processes. You know, if, if the guy that runs Joe's Barbecue and Gilbert wants to do some collabs, let's do that. Yep. My kind of ending thought with all of this is that whether you're in the brewer's community, the restaurant community, the barbecue community, whatever, let's be that community. Community. Right there. Yeah. Let's sit down. Let's break bread. Let's share some ideas and drink a beer while we do it. Yep. And let's, I don't know, let's find a way to make things better. I'm in, man. Sweet. I think we just end it right there. (laughs) Dude, love it, man. Love it. Absolutely. Where can they find Brubecue? So you can find us online, thebrubecue.org. Okay. Uh, at thebrubecue on either Facebook or Instagram. Uh, find us on Instagram. It's probably your best bet. If, yeah. you're, if you're on Facebook, find us on Facebook because that's where all the events get posted. Yep. yep. So if you want to know where we're at, um, I do my best to keep our site updated. Okay. We've got an event section on, on thebrubecue.org um, where we, we post what, where we're going to be this month. So tonight we're at Irene's Tap Room to, uh, on the God. What's next week? The twelfth. Uh, so Saturday the twelfth we're going to be at Cider Core in Mesa, and then Saturday the nineteenth we'll be back at Hop Central in, in Chandler. Beautiful man, beautiful. So come out and see us. Uh, eat some awesome barbecue. Donate to a good cause, and just be happy. Have a beer. Have a beer. Barbecue. Have a beer and some barbecue, and <laughs> yeah. be happy. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> awesome. Thanks, buddy. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Check these guys out. Amazing food, doing amazing things. The barbecue. these guys are just awesome humans, just doing great stuff for the community. Like I said, beer and barbecue, I mean, it can't, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> so, if you guys are liking this podcast, do me a huge favor. Rating and review on iTunes always, always helps. Uh, even if it's just my ego to say, hey, Eric, great job. Or, you know, even, hey, Eric, you're doing real shitty with this. <laughs> so just let me know. Hopefully it's uh, the uh, the former rather than the latter. But go to iTunes, rating review, much appreciated. Uh, keep an eye on things. Uh, we got some really cool things coming up. Um, 
nothing that uh, I can share at this moment, but uh, we're working on some really, really cool things coming up this year. So in the meantime, always remember, stay awesome. Cuando se va de casa, tristemente.